Hello, I'm Jay Johnson. And I'm Pierce McLean. And welcome to the Cat Cave Cinema Podcast. From the deep recesses of the void, they came. In search of wisdom and a greater understanding of the true nature of fear. Rejoice in your dread and enter the Cat Cave Cinema's podcast. Bleak Films Review from a Dark Place. Alright, as you know from the mini-episode, we are doing the 2018 horror thriller, uh, The Perfection, directed by Richard Spencer. Shepard. Yep, that's what that says. <laughs> Richard Spencer's a different Richard Spencer person. is a different guy, <laughs> and usually I'm used to talking about that asshole, apparently, and just came out that way. I apologize to Richard Shepard. <laughs> You've done nothing to us. I doubt you're much like the other. Yeah, although, I mean, I guess he directed a lot of episodes of Girls, and I can't say much good about that show. Mm, I, was, I didn't know that. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which... I also didn't know that uh, the main Charlotte, the main actress whose name I'm blanking, Alison Williams, mm-hmm. Alison was Williams. also from Girls. That's where she got her start, apparently. Yeah, I guess I did know that. Yeah. But she, I think she's a good actress. Oh, yeah. I love, she's fucking yeah. great in Get Out. Loved her in this. Yeah, me Super too. Super good. I think she might be better in Get Out, but this is a really strong and very different performance than her Get Out performance. Yeah, although I will say because of the fact that I knew that this was going to be a twisty movie, I was already wondering from the get-go. I'm like, oh, is she... She seems like she's she's maybe good, but is she actually bad the whole time? And I was like, is that because of this movie, or is that because I just saw her in Get Out? And right. I'm like, I don't trust you. I, and I, I think, again, like, I, I could be wrong about this, but I really feel like they... Uh, the director was trying to telegraph that a little bit because I don't think you're ever supposed to feel fully comfortable with her character or uh, from the from minute one really I agree and like we're definitely jumping through the whole movie right now but like I think that there was the one sort of critique I have of this movie is I do think that things were telegraphed but I think that each thing was being telegraphed and I figured out with right before each reveal that was being telegraphed it was clear to me that, oh, this is a false lead that's leading to another reveal, and right. this is what that next reveal is going to be. Right. And so I was never, like, I never guessed the, I didn't guess the end until the, like, third of four reveals. <laughs> but, yeah. like, each one, like, around reveal one, I'm like, oh, this is what's going to happen, but really it's this. And then reel, reel two, I'm like, oh, this is a false trail, and it's really this. And then yeah. by three, I was like, oh, and this is how it's going to end. So I was always one step ahead of the movie. I and I don't that, think that was intended. I see. I, I, I kind of feel like it was because there's a lot of like really good visual language in this uh, mm-hmm. movie. Um, like, and I guess this is just kind of like initial impressions. So we'll just we'll get into things in a little bit more detail, obviously. But things like uh, you know her taking out ibuprofen from a prescription bottle um, right away. I'm like, well, she's drugging her. Like, and I think. See, I didn't even notice that there was a prescription bottle. Yeah, that, so, so she she took it not from a regular bottle, and I think you're if you're if you're paying attention to the the visual language, I think there is a lot that is uh, that is telegraphed on purpose. I, I think another one would be uh, when she vomits on the window. You don't see bugs until it's until she's implanted the thought, and there's a close up. And I I, I think that 
both of those things were very much on purpose and um and especially because she does really really good Allison Williams that is does really good like facial work in this movie like yeah. her expressions are just like really like spot on actually I think that was kind of a strength of everybody in this film um Steven Weber as well uh we're doing so much great um tipping off of characters and tensions and feelings with facial expressions so I think a lot of that stuff was there on purpose and if you were surprised cool uh that's that's fun but if you weren't surprised I don't think that wasn't necessarily on purpose either so that's fair yeah yeah and I mean definitely like there's you know certain that, like the you know the music note tattoo that they mm-hmm. both had like definitely like from right there I was just like oh so this is some sort of weird cult thing that's right. going down and like and I do I will say that was one thing that was good was that they did establish that really really early on and make an obvious like there's an underground secret society type thing happening right. here and then they did so much other shit but by the time it came back I was like oh yeah that thing like and so I thought yeah. the fact that they like engaged me enough that it was like even though it wasn't surprising I had kind of forgotten about it until it became important and came back again that was something that I was like oh okay like, and they, they throw in some red herrings too, um, specifically her flashing back to her time in a mental institution almost seemed like she was flashing back to a time that relates more directly to like the, the culty aspect of it. Um, oh, see, see, yeah, from that, like, well, we should, yeah, it opens, like, with essentially Charlotte, our main character, like, at home with her dying mom. Well, yeah, it opens with her dead mother's face. <laughs> that is the opening yeah. shot, is just this, a dead woman's face. Yeah, staring at a cross, seemingly. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, very, very good visuals in that, very good uses of time jumps here, although some of it, I would have been happy without the rewinds. Yeah, I, I would have been happy with just a smash cut back to the past to so, like so fill us in. The rewind felt hacky to me, but other like it worked, especially because it literally has a rewind noise. Yes, accompanying it. Yeah, yeah. Each reveal is accompanied by a <laughs> and go back to the part where we dev- divulge, and then you get more information to completely change what you've just seen. Essentially, right. um, but after her mom dies, Charlotte, who we learned was essentially a gifted cellist kind of goes to China to meet up with Anton and Paloma who were sort of the who's who in the cello world that run a a conservatory in Boston that's kind of like make or break star makers that kind of put people out onto the classical music scene. Yeah, which they seemingly pluck students from all over the planet. Yeah, and and we, you know, we get Again, very good job of sort of showing and tell. We get the, you know, we are able to understand that she sacrificed her career to care for her dying mother, which does get filled in later, but you already know it by the time they're talking about it. And, like, you know, it's clear that this person who she, in a flashback, encountered, like, entering the school as she was leaving, this, like, younger girl, is now, like, a big star, and this is Lizzie, who we kind of... That, by the way, is another piece of visual language they give you to let you know that Allison Williams is at the very least hiding things from uh, Lizzie. Uh, Charlotte is hiding things from Lizzie because... Uh, they end up having a conversation where she says, you know, we've met before. And she says, oh, we have? But you know that you're seeing her memory of them meeting each other. So obviously she remembers and isn't telling uh, Lizzie that she remembers that they've met before. Yeah. And and the meeting, again, it's one of those things that it makes sense later, but the meeting, like, especially in the way it's shot and kind of like half slow-mo almost mm-hmm. and like the look that exchanges between these two kids, like it's clear that it's like, an important meeting for some reason. Right. And, like, 
I think you get the impression that it's, like, important just, like, oh, well, their lives are going to be intertwined, but, like, it comes out later, obviously, that, like, there's a lot more behind that meeting than meets the eye as it gets revealed. Um, And that is, you know, as they sort of meet and they're sort of, you get the sort of, the impression that maybe Charlotte, something's weird, Charlotte is, like, looking at Lizzie in weird, giving weird looks. Yeah. Like, and it was definitely one of those things where, I mean, obviously I think you're meant to read jealousy. Yes. And like a hundred percent, it's what it seemed like at the end. Like yeah. at the same time, it's like intense. Yeah. Like, it's like, this seems more that it seems like a lot is going on in the way she's just sort of looking at her when she's not paying attention. Yeah. At first, I think you're supposed to think that like this woman is upset that, uh, like Charlotte is upset that Lizzie has had, her life if her mother hadn't gotten sick and yeah. that that's where the jealousy comes from. Yeah, and not necessarily the talent either because they they seem to be on on equal footing with the talent aspect of it, but literally the unimpeded easier life. Yeah, for sure. And that's and around then is when we get kind of the false leads that aren't even necessarily false leads, just like easy to misread, you know, flashback cues to like Charlotte flashing back to essentially a suicide attempt and like right. electroshock therapy right. and like all these sort of things. And, like, that definitely was, like, oh, so was the mom's illness a front? Was, like, you know, what's going on here? Like, there's a lot. And this is all, like, what? Ten minutes ten, in. Five, ten minutes. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, all kind of laying up. Like, they don't put you on. They put you on firm ground that shit's going to go bad. It's it's building a sense of intrigue really well. Yes. Like, yes. And, and dread a little bit, too. Yeah. And then they they eventually, they find out that Anton is, like, you know, very excited that, you know, Charlotte is back and like she's going to judge this competition that is essentially for like a four-year scholarship at the music conservatory that you'll get to live and train and essentially be groomed to be like you know the next big thing in the classical music world that's what this competition that Charlotte and Lizzie are going to judge right and I I love this uh you know anytime I feel like anytime a movie has uh stuff that is specifically about artists you really have to ask yourself, like, is this a filmmaker making a film that's kind of about filmmaking or just making art in general? And I think it's very interesting that they're not they're they're not just artists; they are designated as judges. Uh, and I think that, to me, uh, ends up holding a lot of meaning down the line. Yeah, because I mean, they're gatekeepers, right? Like they are gatekeepers to the elite, essentially. Right. Like our word can make or break you, and thus, right. like you. Can, and I mean, like, that seems like a good as place as any, because I don't want to, like, wait till the end necessarily to be like, oh, so what did you think that this was about? Because, yeah. like, and obviously if you haven't seen this movie by now, you should recognize we're going to ruin everything. All over <laughs> yeah. Place. But, like, so, I mean, this to me seems very clearly a Me Too response movie. I would, yes. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, you know, everything that goes down with it, like, in the kind of, like, everyone being involved in sort of, like, the known secret that you let other people fall into because it'll hurt your career to say anything, and, like, the fact that there are genuine monsters running this thing that you're caught up in and that you're a success and a victim simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Like, it all felt very much like, oh, okay, so this is literally just, like, taking the Me Too problem of Hollywood that I'm sure probably exists in every major industry that has this much money, and just, like, putting it in a different setting to tell that story in a way that won't be quite as blatant as, right. like, you know, starry eyes was or something right. like that. But, like... And, and to me, I think also on top of it, um, it's it's about sort of uh, how turning women against each other is a, is a strategy in, yeah. in these circles. And, and, yeah, and how, like, you know, the 
the competition for the next, you know, the fact that every one of the women, the people at this music conservatory are women. Right. And, like, it's all, you know, the one woman who had to leave to be a caretaker and didn't get to be a star, who's now seemingly jealous of the other woman who didn't have a harder life and now gets to be a star, and how, when everything gets revealed, like, they're all both pretty fucked over. Like, hardcore. Yeah. So, so yeah, and I think that that was something that I think was very good that sort of came out in this of, like, that all slowly develops and slowly gets revealed throughout the movie, but, like, does so in a way that feels really organic. Right. And I I think also, if I was was searching for something a little bit deeper, um, I would say that, especially given the final shot of the film, which we'll get to... Um, I think, I think that maybe this is also a movie that ha- about how like this process of of going through it can make you want to give up your art or or can steal your art from you, uh, but that if you if you find power in allies uh, amongst your you know your peers who've gone through the same things, you can not only you can not only uh, recapture your art, but maybe even make it stronger, or at least like just the power of collaboration and the power of sharing information amongst you know women and things like that. Yeah, and def- I mean definitely there is a strong like collectivist message that yeah. kind of gets sent in like the ending scene, which we'll get to, but like that is visually you know perhaps even a little too obvious. <laughs> but, like, yeah, but uh, but also pretty cool but for also a horror movie. Super sick. Like, <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Like don't get me wrong, but definitely it was one of those things where I'm like. Ooh, this that's as close I will say the final scene of this movie is as close as this movie gets to being too much I I can see that like I, I enjoyed it I loved yeah. it and like I definitely like even have in my notes where I'm like okay this this climax has won me back like because yeah. there were times of this where I was like I got a little bit and that's sort of one of the reasons why I said in the mini episode just watch the movie just let it unfold because I was so like Knowing it was a twist movie, I was spending so much time like trying to piece together the next step mm-hmm. that I, by the time I got to the ending twist, I was like, oh, I kind of wish I would have just trusted the movie and let it take me along because like I appreciated where it ended up and I liked what it was saying by the time it got there. So that, and that's also one of the reasons why all the talk of going in blind, I actually kind of having someone who had seen it before me that could say it, that I knew and trusted that was like, no, no. It's not going to go places that you see it very easily could. Right. And it is going to go the places you're going to want it to if it's dealing with these issues. Right. So, like, having that now, I want to watch it again knowing that. See, I guess I felt I felt really engaged the whole time, mainly because... Oh, me too, but yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, I guess I feel like, uh, yes, I felt just... For me, the movie was so, uh, like, visually strong. Like, I thought it was, like, shot really really wonderfully and it was like uh it, it just like the colors were really good and like the sound mixing was really good and stuff like that like i just felt really uh kind of on board the whole time and uh that that aspect of it i guess i felt because i was incapable hands visually that i kind of was uh just like trusting that it would get to where i wanted it to go uh, thematically as yeah. well yeah. Which isn't always the case, but uh, nonetheless, this time I was like, okay, this is, I think we're, we're going to a good place yeah. here. But anyway, so we get the official kind of meeting between, and this was the one thing that I didn't know was happening and didn't see coming until it started happening. Like, just from, I feel like when movies are 
overtly queer, usually mm-hmm. that gets talked about. Yeah. And that, I guess because the fact no one wanted to, like, give anything away about this movie for whatever reason. Like, everyone yeah. was like, no, 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 So, like, when Lizzie and Charlotte meet and they're kind of like, oh, there seems to be mutual respect. There's clear kind of like, so it seemed like a little bit more like it was at that moment going to be like, oh, okay, so Lizzie's a little more like, oh, I'm getting to meet my hero and Charlotte's pretending. and Like, like kindred artistic spirits. Yeah. Anything. yeah. And I'm like, oh, so like, is is this going to be like, oh, suddenly she feels like, oh, maybe she's not my enemy and we're going to become friends. Yeah. And sure enough, they become fast <laughs> friends. <laughs> yes, they do. And like, the competition just instantly becomes like, the most sexual thing in existence. Yeah. Like, rather than what they basically watch for like, two minutes these kids playing cello and they're like the one on the left is the best one yeah yeah obviously (laughs) and it's like I wanted some more drama and they're like oh you want drama well look at those parents over there they're having an affair look she's gonna give them a hand job right on the fucking (laughs) stage and I'm like what is happening yeah I thought that was great and 100% like Lizzie in that I think Charlotte based on her role she's the more passive character in this but I will say like I bought it a whole lot like Lizzie was like oh you are seducing the fuck out of everyone right yeah. now and like you are selling it and you know I, I kind of take well I it's a it's an interesting thing to interpret now that I'm thinking about it more but uh, you kind of take Charlotte at her word when they're in bed together that this had been her first sexual encounter. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting going back where it's like it 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 really is sort ends up being like a just a a a, a like a mini parable within the film about how like sexy consent can be yeah and how like seduction when it's warranted and wanted is just like this really powerful experience yeah because I mean definitely I mean obviously we've been talking about it but like it comes out that like Charlotte's been sexually assaulted throughout her training quote unquote to like become a great musician and that's like the price you have to pay for greatness for mistakes Yeah. yeah and it's like super fucked up and it gets we'll get there but it's like really fucking intense without ever being graphic but like in terms of just like wow like it was a lot so but like and again like in a way that this is I mean this is in the end a rape revenge movie it is just with it's like subverting that genre in the sense that there are literally no rape scenes right it just takes the motivation of those all those exploitation films from the 70s and cuts out you know assumes that knowing it happened is enough for you to be on their side, which yeah, it was. It was, absolutely. And, and also that you can, you know, just the, the the power of suggestion and things like that, especially in a horror film, can just be as equally as scary. And, like, knowing knowing when to use restraint as a filmmaker is, like, something that, especially in the horror genre, doesn't always go so well. But I think it was, like, really done well here. Yeah. And I actually do really like that the message that you're drawing out from that because there were, I mean, there was actually a few, like we get like the sort of Lizzie and Charlotte playing a duet that gets intercut into a montage of them like making out, going clubbing, and fucking. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> and like very much like we literally get the crescendo of the duet as the orgasm. Yeah. Like that, like the sound drops out of the duet to just like orgasmic sounds as we're watching the audience rather than the sex scene. It's like. And it probably was legitimately Charlotte's first orgasm with a partner. Yeah, well, and 100%, like, that's the thing of, like, knowing later what happens, like, to hear... I think that a 
less nuanced kind of shitty read of this would be when she's like, oh, well, she wasn't a virgin. She was just lying to her. And it's like one of those things where it's like, no. Right. This very much was literally, although it definitely gets into complicated territory, which I want to touch on, of like Charlotte said, because you said like there is a consent message here that is like, Charlotte was a virgin. She had never actually had consensual sexual relationship with someone. And when she did, it was enjoyable and she liked it. Although she's doing this right now under false pretenses. Yes, that is true. And it's one of of those things where I'm like, the the sort of like, the lines, at least with Charlotte as a character, and with like, the lines get really blurry as to whether or not, like, where does she fall in the like victim-perpetrator line? And like that is True. a nuanced take on things because like uh, yeah, that is also yeah. problematic, like, but also true like people who get fucked up do fucked up things a lot of times and like there is this thing in which like her motivations there were noble and like I don't know that she necessarily went in intending because Lizzie was a hundred percent the aggressor and so I don't think I don't think she went in intending oh I'll seduce her in order to like get her on my side and make her trust me but she uses the fact that they fuck to her advantage to essentially completely gaslight her in a deprogramming sort of way, but, like... Well, and let's not lose sight of the fact that it's implied that all of these men who were perpetrating these sexual assaults against her had been sexually assaulted themselves. Yeah. And, like, everybody in this movie, like, every main character has been a victim of the same crime. And it's just a, a matter of how they react to it and how they... what they decide to do with that experience... And I mean, I don't, I don't think the movie draw, draws any firm conclusions, but obviously, I do think it sort of shows you where the sympathy lies towards the end of it. Yeah, and and I mean that is definitely a thing too of like why that opening scene of like the two of them, the like younger girl and the older girl, who's like at this point already a star, like who's leaving and the one who's like coming into this world, and her like kind of knowing and saying nothing and like just like going, I'm getting out or like I'm I still want my career, so I'm gonna let this continue. Like definitely that gets into those just like their, you know, their sex scene was like a blurry line where the power dynamics were so skewed where one person knows what their intentions are and the other person doesn't. Right. And one person is thus you know, not really being able to give full consent or full informed consent because they don't know why this person is here in the first place or what they're trying to get out of this. There is that sense in which it's like, oh, well, you know, in the Me Too stuff, like, there were people who were speaking out of this and being blacklisted and, like, maybe in private some people might sort of have their back, but, like, it wasn't until, like, really this shit started to come down hard that, like, on one particular figurehead that suddenly everyone was, like, willing to be like, oh, okay, yeah, right. because I can now back this without losing my career. Right. And again, it's one of those things to not say the people who, like, suffered from it and didn't say anything are culpable or, like, are the same thing, but there are certainly lines where it's like, ooh, it gets a lot more complicated when you get into, yeah. I was a victim, I know you're about to be a victim, and I'm not going to do shit about it, and I'm just going to stay silent. And only one of the victims in this film got, like, wealthy off of it, and, like, and continued to just exploit people, like, in a factory sense. Yeah. 
Uh, it's who oh, interesting were the producers, right? Yeah, like, yeah, say, I mean, yeah like, exactly. Yeah, it is hundred <laughs> percent like the ones who are the real. There are some one to one analogs in this. Absolutely, film. <laughs> like it's the behind the scenes people who are not the stars, but who are the ones who have the power to say you are the you're the star now. Right? Like, they were the ones who, in the end, were behind everything and running everything and like profiting the most off of the subjugation and abuse of other people even if they themselves were abused at some point. And I I think that the trickiest thing in this film is that they almost that they do they don't necessarily make deception seem like a bad thing because basically I mean Charlotte you know really ends up doing something pretty fucking horrible to Lizzie and is forgiven, not only forgiven for it, but is almost shown to be like having done the right thing. Yeah, which is hard. Yeah. Like, to kind of get, like, and I mean, in the end, it is a horror movie. I don't know that it should be taken too literally in that sense. Exactly, yes. So, like, I do think, like, it was intended to be, like, more of, like, add some shocking body horror and make it intense and, like, take these, like, take the messages we are sending to their most extremes, like, which I don't think, like, probably anyone involved in this movie would say, like, oh, yes, you should totally, if someone is in a bad situation, you should drug them, gaslight them, and convince them to cut off their own fucking hands so they can't be a cellist anymore so that the person abusing them won't want them anymore. Obviously, that is not good advice in reality. Yes, that's very true. But it works in the pres- in the you know in the setting of an over the top fucking body horror movie. So that is what happened. That is what happened. <laughs> Although I will say this is the one false lead that I didn't like. That I get why it had to be there, but it doesn't because I feel like everything ties together. Like we get the kind of because I like have the note of like Charlotte seems concerned, but I'm also thinking she's joining this to destroy Lizzie. Like I have that note of like when they're about to go on the road trip. Yeah. Where I'm like, it seems like she cares about this person, but it also seems like she wants to destroy her. Yeah. And is that because she can't let it go, even though now she's humanized the person she hated? Or is there something else going on? And I have literally, if nothing else is going on, that makes her the same person as Get Out. So something else must be going on. Yeah. But we have, before we get to that, the random dude who gets sick and they talk about like an airborne fever. Yes. That's the one false lead that doesn't get tied into this in any way. Yeah, you know, I was I kept expecting that to come back and I sort of by the end forgot that it didn't, which I guess was probably the intention of the filmmaker. Oh, 100%. But at the same time, you're right, with just any amount of thought or scrutiny, that really does kind of fall apart, especially because Visually speaking, his vomit looks exactly. identical yeah, it's to the her same, vomit like, later on. Bright green bile. The the only 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 thing I could think of was that there was a scene cut out where she drugs that guy's drink as well, and uh, it was like part of the deception that just they they later used editing to to take out. Yeah, but, which which is possible, but again, I feel like it could It could have been like a runtime uh, flow problem that they yeah. decided to just... Yeah. I, but I feel like either that that whole thing needed to go or because otherwise this movie's so tidy. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm like, with you. Like everything ties back. I'm everything that seems like a false lead was a false lead and wasn't. Right. Like it, what it was telling you was happening was happening but for a different reason than you thought. Right. Or we're supposed to think. Yeah, yeah. And that dude just is like... No, I think you're oh, absolutely spot on I guess that's just a sick guy. This, yeah. And, like, 
or I mean, maybe you could say like, oh, I'll use that in my gaslighting. I'll pretend to like, I'll make her think that she's sick like that. But like, that's way too that's like a, that's, a, a, that's a tough stretch. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's the one thing that I didn't like. But anyway, they go on this road trip, and it is. Really intense, like the bus that they are on. Like this is, I think, the scariest uh, section of the film by far. Oh, a hundred percent. And there's like when they're leaving, um, when they're leaving the city, or like really when they're getting like very far out of the city. There's this like so many wonderful like overhead shots of the bus traveling along. Yeah, and, the they, road, and you just get these like senses of like isolation, even amongst other people, kind of thing. And yeah, because Lizzie basically was like, "I'm taking two weeks off. I haven't had two weeks off in forever. I'm gonna like, I don't want to like be in like fancy hotels with like socialites. I literally want to go like under the radar, like take a bus to the middle of nowhere and just like be a normal person for right. a little while." And that they did a really good job of making something that mundane really terrifying because yeah. like it's also the thing of like they're in China and like the person who speaks enough you know Mandarin to get along is sick and right. like uh, Charlotte doesn't Lizzie speaks a little and can like kind of get by Charlotte doesn't speak anything so like the isolation of both being in the middle of nowhere being on this shitty dirty bus and like no one can communicate with you and you can't communicate with them. And I think it's also such a, uh, this is such a relatable thing, even if you've never been specifically to China or anything like that, but the idea of being on a bus, needing to shit so bad, and being in a, a place where you do not know where you are or, like, where the nearest hospital is, is, like, very, very relatable. Like, everyone's been in a similar, if not exact, situation. Yeah, and... And it's good, it's like, it's really, you know what, I gotta say, it's really, really, really rare for a movie to use, like, shitting as a, a plot device for fear. It's almost always used for, for comedy. Yeah. And this is, like, a, a little section where it's just about your body betraying you, and it, it's done super effectively. Yeah, and, like, I mean, literally, I just have the vomiting and shitting scene on the bus is rough. Yeah, Cause yeah like, I wrote bus scene fucking scary. Yeah, <laughs> it was so into And, like, literally the thing of, like, it's it was funny because you used to bring up comedy when I was watching it. And I'm like, oh, this is literally, like, if you just did the anti of that mm-hmm. bridesmaid scene. Because mm-hmm. they have the exact you same. Tweet, you could really tweak the tone. Just a little bit, and it would be funny. Oh, 100%. Because, like, it gets the word. She's, like, she's vomiting, and she's, like, I have to shit. Please stop the bus. And they're, like, begging the guy to stop the bus, and he doesn't understand her, and he's, like, fighting with him because he's, like, you know. I mean, I don't know if anyone takes the bus off him, but if you take a shitty bus, generally speaking, the driver could give two fucks about you. <laughs> like, yeah. I've been in situations where, like, literally asking a question gets you yelled at by the driver. Yeah, and, for like, sure. And so, like, them trying to get him to stop so that she can shit on the side of the road is not going well. And, like, her walking through the aisle being like, I can't move. If I take another step, I'm going to shit my pants. I'm going to shit. And it's just like, oh, wow. Like, again, yeah, like, I'm th- it's, like, pretty much just like the bridesmaid scene of, like, her trying to cross the road in yeah. her wedding dress. But it's not fucking funny anymore. And they, they the editing there, I thought, was really effective where it's like if they had stayed with it for like one like like beat longer it would have lost its impact but they really knew when to cut and like make it the most effective yeah and like how to show just enough to have it be visceral without it turning into like 
you know, because there were times in this movie when I was like, oh, so there's going to be like a torture porn turn in this movie. And I, it I, never, thought, I thought that too. Yeah, times. and it never really gets there. Like, it's sort of, again, in the climax is the closest it gets. Right. right. It sort of gets like right up that line, but it's literally the last scene of the movie. But, but yeah, that was, an, and then they get back on the bus and then Charlotte's kind of being in caretaker mode, but very clearly like Lizzie's just fading fast and like right. going downhill. And Lizzie vomits at this point and that's, yeah, again, like I... I did sort of notice that there were no bugs and then there were bugs when Charlotte mentions it like you brought up earlier. Mm-hmm. But like in my brain in my brain it didn't like get right there until until she started freaking out that there were bugs under her skin. That's when I was like, "Oh, Charlotte clearly drugged her." Right. Like but like I got through the vomit moment before it dawned on me that right. it's like cuz I didn't see the bottle that you apparently noticed. Yeah, I wrote I wrote down both things like uh, did she implant the bug idea and like why it was the ibuprofen in a prescription bottle. Yeah, um, definitely when she started And like, she wipes a fake bug off of her back when they get on the bus as well. Yeah, which we didn't see though. Right. Like we see that later on. No, so. no, no. She 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 does it. We when they no, get we on. see her wipe the thing, but we don't see, we don't see that it's fake. The camera, yeah, we don't see that it's fake. But I guess for me what I'm saying is they had already used the word bug. Yeah. And then when bugs come up again, you're just sort of like, mm, this is this. I don't know. It, it, you're, if you're if you're sticking along with it, it's possible to get sure. there. Sure, hundred percent. Like that, and that was well done. Like, and that's like the, and again, it's something that makes it really creepy. Of like, Charlotte is gaslighting and manipulating her very effectively. Yeah, and like it's one of those things where like we later learn why has some. Thing resembling, you know, or not even resembling, it is like it has noble intent, but right? It definitely is questionable, like, because there, and I mean, I guess I get it, like, there is a moment, and this could have gone so wrong. Oh, 100%. <laughs> and like, I do at least give the movie credit for sort of setting out because there is this sort of part early on when they're talking at the competition where I even wrote in my notes, like, oh, Charlotte seems skeptical of the. Of the classical music world, whereas Lizzie very much seems like a true believer. On board, yeah. And so, like, the fact that they established her as, like, full-on, I've drank the Kool-Aid, I'm in this type of thing. I think what they're going for here is that sometimes, like, uh, accepting the truth can be a violent process. Like, and you can, like, it hurts inside so bad to sort of, like, see what's actually happening. Yeah, and it... It will destroy your whole world. Right, like, exactly, yes. By, by definition, if you, yes. like, have... It will permanently take things from you. It will permanently yeah. take things from you, and it's going to be a terrible process to suddenly kind of, like, come out of the other side of what has become normal. Right. And so, like, that's the places where, like, you know, I think, again, like, reading this literally, Charlotte's kind of a terrible person. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Reading it metaphorically and allegorically, and blah, 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 like, you know, it's definitely a lot more like, okay, I see the message that is being sent right. through Charlotte, and it makes it a lot like, and like, and clearly as we sort of, like, see later on, Charlotte is not doing anything to Lizzie that she wouldn't also do for Lizzie. That's true. And quite literally does yeah. later on, so... I think my uh, my only real uh, complaint about the films came from these scenes too. The uh, from the film came from these scenes as well, where uh, I thought the bugs looked bad, like straight up the bugs looked shitty. Yeah, I and mean, visually, I think the rest of this movie was really solid. Even the like later on CGI uh, gore effects uh, uh, looked good for the most part. Um, or maybe they weren't CGI. Maybe I was even wrong about 
that. But I'm, at least some of it seemed practical. I think it was augmented with CGI. Whereas I think yeah. the bugs crawling out of her arm oh, God. were like it just looked really shitty. I think that was the one part of pure CGI. Yeah. And like I didn't mind it just because like I also think I could just say like you know oh well it looked fake because it was a hallucination type of thing. I so, like I, I sort, of, sort of buy that. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I went down that road in my head as well. But I still just I, I wish it looked better. Yeah, because the second like the bugs start burrowing out of Lizzie's skin, I was like, okay, none of this is happening. Like, at that point, it's very... And, like, sure enough, Charlotte then, like, pulls out a fucking meat cleaver. Yeah. It's like, you know what you gotta do. And then I was like, wait, is this happening? Yeah. <laughs> it was happening. And part was, uh, and that's when we get the first quick rewind, and we get, like, kind of all the, like, what would be the end of most movies like this? Yeah. Where, like, literally we get to see the whole movie again from a different perspective where the, bl- you know, we're filling in the blanks of, like, oh, we see her you know, going back to her dead mom and stealing her medication, and then we see her drugging Lizzie, and we see, like, the bottle saying, like, alcohol increases it, so, like, giving her, like, the pill with alcohol in the morning is, like, hair of the dog, because they have a hangover and all these things, and so it's, like, that would be, in any other kind of twist movie, all of this would have been leading to that moment. Right. And, like, leading to, oh, we're now gonna go back, and we're gonna fill in the blanks that you didn't notice, and now we're gonna be like, gotcha! Yeah. And so, like, when that happened, and I was like, oh, we're halfway through. Like, I'm like, okay, so this is going to be a lot. There's yeah. going to be a lot of this shit going down. And, and I, think, sure. I think a lesser film, well, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I thought it was an interesting detail that uh, she, you know, did at least, like, look up how to do a tourniquet, basically. Because it, 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 it does show, like, a little bit of care there. Yeah. Well, and also, like, it, but also, like, before, like, the thing gets revealed, which I sort of, you know, saw coming, like, but, like, there was a sort of time when I was like, oh, is this, like, is that because she's... There was, I, have you seen um, I Saw the Devil? Uh, you know what? I haven't, actually. It's, it's very good, but it's, like, I mean, it's also super fucked up and trigger warnings abound in that one. But, like, if you are into, like, brutal Asian horror films, like, yeah. it's Korean and, like, it's just, like... It's intense. Yeah. And, like, it has the sort of the same thing where, like, literally, like, halfway through the movie, the penalty, you know, the revenge moment that seems like would be the end of a movie comes in. And literally, it's just like, well, I won't give away anything, but, sure. like, it keeps going right. after that. Right. And, like, there was part of me that wondered if it was going to be, like, that sort of thing. I'm like, oh, is she, like, tourniqueting her literally because she ain't done fucking with her because she's that much of a monster? I, like, th- I thought about that for a minute, too. My, my other my other wonder about this film uh, after the next section was going to be like, wait, is this just going to be about them, like, going back and forth about... Uh, like torturing each other with random acts of violence throughout the course of their lives as a, as a sense of like upping the competition with one another. Yeah. And, you know, it ends up not being that either. And I, I was impressed by it not being that. Yeah, I thought that that, see, that is another one of those things where I say that I thought I always saw at the first twist what the third twist was going to be. Interesting. Because, okay. like, this was a point where I was like, oh, like, I literally just have a road. So now this is leading to Charlotte and Lizzie teaming up to take down the school. Because otherwise, and like literally in my notes, at the, I wrote, damn, this is the halfway mark. So this is now leading to Charlotte and Lizzie teaming up to take down the school. Charlotte wasn't jealous, but knew what they were doing to her and hurt uh, and hurt her to help her and turn her away from the school so they could destroy it together. Oh, you definitely, you had it all. Yeah, I had everything. At this point, I was like, oh, I know exactly what is happening. And this I, is going to uh, be the false trail. I wasn't this, there yet, okay. for sure. But 
But again, it was like, I don't mind that yeah. I figured it out. I kind of wish that I hadn't been trying to figure out and I would have just been enjoying the movie. Yeah. Because, like, I did sort of see it's like, oh, okay, so this is going to be the false trail. Because, like, basically what happens, Lizzie goes back to Boston with one hand, tells Anton and Paloma that Charlotte did this to her, and that she then, like, fled the country, blah, 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 blah. And then basically they're like, you gotta go. Yeah, you don't have, you're no use lives. to us anymore. And, yeah. like, we'll pay for your apartment and recovery, but, like, get the fuck out of the school. Yeah. And she's like, this is my life. Like, I can still I can be of use compose, to you. I can teach. Yeah. I can teach. I can, like, literally do anything. Just let me stay. And they're like, no. Get yeah. the fuck out. And so then she goes and finds Charlotte to, like, seek revenge. And yep. Lizzie shows up and basically, like, tases and kicks the shit out of her. And brings Charlotte to Anton. Yeah. And basically being like, oh, okay, so, like, I have, you know, I'm of no use to you, but now I've found a way I can still be useful to you, and I can give you back the one that got away type of thing. And again, at this point, it's supposed to sort of seem like Lizzie's still the true believer, and, like, now we're getting, we get all the reveal of, like, oh, this is some sort of horrible fucking music cult that, like, uses sexual violence and torture against, like, young girls to... and, like, historically young men to, you know, punish them and drive them, like, through fear to being better than they could have been otherwise. It's sexual violence as means of control. Yeah. Yeah. And, And like, it's super fucked up and, like, you know... And I do think it's interesting that, uh, you know, we were saying it is a one-to-one analog of, like, these people to producers, but at the same time, it is interesting that these are their teachers as well, their mentors, and, like, yes, obviously, producers can be mentors and to some extent teachers, but this to me felt specifically like it was also uh, commenting on the process of becoming an anointed artist as opposed to just someone who had art in their lives growing up. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, we get another time jump here where we sort of, like, all the, the pieces get filled in where essentially, right. like, we learn Charlotte was trying to get Lizzie out because she was, like, she had endured all of this and she saw the tattoo in a, you know, magazine shoot and knew that she had, Lizzie had been going through everything she went through and she wanted to save her, but she couldn't and now she's been kidnapped and basically in what was like really fucking brutal and intense basically they're like it gets set up that in the like the cathedral that they called it which was like the rehearsal room for the school was where like when you were initiated you would perform and if you didn't do perfect you'd be abused Mm -hmm. and they basically make her perform with the threat hanging they make Charlotte perform with the threat hanging over her head that if she fucks up it's not her that's gonna be punished but this like 11 year old girl who just came in yeah and it was like wow and this was a part like again where I like going in blind was something I kind of wish I had a little bit more of a safety net for mm-hmm. because I started to be like wow if this movie really goes down the road of I, now we're yeah. gonna fucking just have a intense scene where like Steven Weber rapes at a, ch- a child in front of us because yeah. it's like and we're gonna go like full on fucking uh, Serbian film on this right I would have felt betrayed by what had been set up and I would have been pissed off. Yeah, I think I think I would have been too and you know it, it and they, it's not as if they don't go down that road a little bit because there's a a really small moment where Steven Weber touches the the young girl's shoulder, shoulder and she yeah. flinches 
and you can tell she, it, the the abuse for her has started already. See, I don't. I think you're supposed to think that, but a hundred percent, like they do, say, sort of say like they because there is this victim blaming shit that gets thrown into that of right. like kind of like. No, no, no. I'm not a monster. I wouldn't just abuse her. She hasn't been trained. She hasn't agreed. She didn't get the tattoo. Uh, She's not, like, a part of... Because there is this way in which that character justifies, like, I never abused you. Right. I gave you a career, and you agreed to the training, and this is just what the training is. Right. And so, like, there is this weird, like, you know, fucked up victim. So I don't think he has done anything to her yet. Okay, I think he, that's probably true. He will 100% yeah. in the future, and he justifies it in his own head of, like, this is just how the game is played, in the same way that it's like, you know, I think they could say, oh, well, this is just how Hollywood works. And, like... Everyone knows what they're doing, and you have the choice. You could not do it. Right. So, like, the fact that you did it means that I didn't do anything wrong. When right. in reality, like, obviously that ignores the extreme threat of, oh, do you want your entire dreams to come true by doing this thing you don't want to do? Or do you want me to ruin you? Right. So, like, yeah, super fucked. But, like, definitely, like, that was the part of this movie where I was like, ooh, I wish someone had told me, like, there's going to be moments where you're like, I don't know about this movie, and just stick with it. It's not going to go there. Don't yeah. worry. It's also interesting how culpable uh, his wife is and all yes. Anton's wife is in all of this. And, like, she is... You get the sense that she's not an active participant in the abuse uh, herself, usually, because she is asked to leave the room, and you get the sense that that's usually the uh, standard operating procedure, I think. But... You know, Charlotte does say to her, like, Paloma, you can stop this. And she reacts by walking away. And, like, you know, there's this notion that comes up over and over again in the film of it's what's expected of us. Yeah. And just, you know, yeah. It's, that character was interesting. And it's definitely interesting that they they draw the conclusion that she had to go. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, I think that that's a fair critique because like I think that in some senses she she is the stand-in for all the things that we were pointing out of like that were problematic about Charlotte Charlotte, when you read Mm -hmm. them literally right she's the bad faith version of Charlotte yes like in the sense of she is like she recognizes this is going on she probably at some level recognizes it's wrong that's super true and she's benefiting from it but she's choosing to look the other way because she benefits from it. Right. And I think there are certainly a lot of people that, like, and I mean, I think the fact that they chose to make it, you know, a woman is more for, like, kind of maybe shock value more than anything of, like, oh, you see even, like, women are, aren't better. Like, they're still bad, too. And, like, I get that. Like, you can make that argument, like, for, like, the way Hollywood functions. I'm sure there, are, uh, you know, are plenty of people. Like, there are plenty of, like... I have a feeling it came from some direct experience of somebody sure. who made this movie, yeah. And, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure, like, I'm not sure, like, who, but the same way that you can, like, draw the direct, like, Weinstein connection to, like, and, like I'm sure, like, some, like, you know, Woody Allen collaborator right. or, like, some, you know, some, you know, someone who, like, fills that role of, like, women who know what's going on in Hollywood and that have power and could probably lend their voice to making it better and don't because it would be bad for them. Or really, I mean, I think you could also just make the comparison to, like, any spouse that is more attracted to their spouse's power and money than they are to stopping the wrongs that they're perpetuating onto the world, whether it be sexual violence or, like, you know, violence against our planet or violence against workers or any of that type of stuff. I think you could definitely find, like... 
uh, uh, some pretty direct analogies there. Yeah, and, and I mean, the, the anti-individualism of this film is yeah. clear in that way. Of Like, this is someone who literally is, like, looking out for number one. And, right. like, if it benefits them, great. If it doesn't, then, I'm not, then why get involved in it? And this movie does seem to want to play, like, dip its toe in the the pool of late-stage capitalism commentary just a little bit with, like, that big neon made-in-China sign in their hotel room. I was like, that's gotta be on purpose. Like, clearly, that's not just an eye-catching prop they could have easily taken out if they didn't want it in there. Um, I don't think they really go all the way with that stuff at all, obviously, but I'm like, they're, they're fooling around with something there. Yeah. And <laughs> this goes again to the scene that I was like, this was the moment where I was like, either I was right all along in what's going on and this is going to be the redemptive moment, which is what ends up happening. Yeah. Or this movie is going to go way further than I ever expected and just become torture porn. Right. It's like, oh, you want to see how torture porn is done? We'll show you, which is Lizzie literally threatening stump fucking. Yeah, that was intense, man. I was just like... Holy shit. That was really good. And, and even the the other two teachers look at each other like, this is fucking weird and intense. Yeah, like, they almost seem, like, impressed. Like, wow, right. we do pretty terrible right. shit, but you're taking it to a whole new level. Yeah. And, like, and obviously, again, I'm very glad that it doesn't go there. And it yeah. turns out that, like, that's the moment when all of a sudden the two dudes who are the kind of, like, co-runners of the school who've been, like, holding her down. Again, like, stringing her up with, you know, guitar string or cello strings, right. essentially, and, like, to hold her in place for sexual violence and things like that. They suddenly start choking and gagging and have been poisoned and fall over dead, seemingly, and we learn, oh, okay, we get another rewind to Lizzie being like, I, I want to, like, part of me wants to fucking kill you, but you were right. Like, yeah. I couldn't even see it. Like, but the second I wasn't of use to them, they throw me. They threw me away, and now I can see everything that I went through was just abuse so that they could use me and benefit from me. And the second I wasn't usable anymore, I was garbage. Right. And so, like, they team up, essentially. And, like, they're... And that, again, also problematically so, but gives a kind of, like, redemption to Charlotte's hooking up with her in the first place of, like, oh, no, see, she did, like, she does relate to her, she did want to save her, and she did fall for her in the process, and now she's like, I'll do anything to help you. Yeah. And so she's like, okay, well, then we need to bring him down, and you need to be the bait. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. Because, like, you know, so it's the redemptive moment, which, again, was, like, a little bit, like... Yeah, not not everything is earned in this movie. Yeah, yeah. I could have I could have honestly done with like them teaming like honestly I think a less satisfying but bolder and more kind of like nuanced version of this has Lizzie teaming up with Charlotte them bringing them down and then Lizzie turning on Charlotte of, and then being like well that and they they almost seemed like it was going to go that way in the the way that the the one of the final scenes is shot uh, she's yeah. looking down directly at Charlotte, and for a second you think she has turned on her, uh, and then it's revealed that no, she. This is all being aimed, and I, it makes you wonder if, like Charlotte, not Charlotte having doubt in that moment is a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, it's it's well done, and like again, like I'm a sucker for like a bleak as fuck ending, yeah. so like that's probably why I was like, ooh, I want this character to be more nuanced and more like. Yes, they did some good things, but they also literally 
drugged, gaslit, arguably sexually, at least sexually manipulated, if right. sexually assault right. this person, and then you know, got them to chop their own hand off, thus, like, you know, ruining their career. Pretty hard way to start a relationship. Pretty hard (laughs) way to start up a relationship. And, like, Lizzie could have been justified in, like, getting a monologue there of saying, like, what they did to me was wrong, and you were right. What you did to me was also wrong, and you have to fucking pay for it. And then fucking bashing her skull in with that iron poker. And actually, if you think about it, this is a really similar, like, uh, turn, like, fork in the road for the film as Get Out had. Uh, where the the cop car shows yeah. up at the end, and it almost seems to me like, you know, it was like, okay, this movie is being made probably like with the idea of women being able to enjoy it in mind. Are they going to enjoy that yeah. that moment of woman on woman violence at the end there, or are they going to want them to have uh, some sort of redemptive moment together? I and I totally agree, and I think again, like this is a better feel good ending, one hundred percent. I think the way that I saw to get out of that while still having that moment was again a callback, which would have been a third callback yeah. to them meeting for the first time and being like, "You chose to save me now." You didn't choose to save me then. Right. Yeah. No, you I, knew I, what was coming for yeah. me. And then it still gives Lizzie a redemptive moment because she, one, gets the revenge on Charlotte, who argue. I mean, and again, this is making Lizzie a less magnanim- magnanimous person. Like, you know, it makes her kind of more vindictive. That doesn't necessarily happen. I'm not saying that the movie doesn't have a good ending as it stands, just where I kind of saw it going as a, like, really dark ending. Yeah. Was that Lizzie then turns on Charlotte in order, but, like, both to get revenge on the fact that she abandoned her as a child, but then her redemption then is she saves the little girl who just got brought in and hasn't gone through all this. Yes. And teaches, you know, and teaches yes. her to play. Actually, like, you know, yes, that, that could have been good. And I was actually surprised that they didn't have a, a shot or two of them saving that. that oh, yeah. Girl. I 100% expected the two of them to team up once they didn't kill her off to, like, train that girl in a way that was, you know cooperative right. and inclusive and non-fucked up <laughs> and like you know that could have been a stronger ending actually it really could have yeah but they and, don't oh and the one thing we actually did skip over was that it was kind of there was like a a metaphorical re- reveal that really wasn't a twist but just sort of like something that's uh that I thought was like thematically very strong where Charlotte pulls off a wig right as they're uh, going to kill the instructor showing that uh you know, also it shows that she probably shows that she hadn't been out of the institution for very long at that point because her hair wasn't very long. Yeah. Yet. And that, uh, like, you know, all the talk of perfection was a show. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And just, just outward appearance versus inward feelings and how different they can be and how, you know, we really can't judge someone's appearance and, and say that person's got it together or that person hasn't been through anything and things like that. Yeah. And and I will say, like, the the fight scene we get, like, because we get the kind of Anton gets through the flashbacks turned into, like, extreme, like, super villain level villain that, like, also doesn't think of himself as a villain, which almost makes him more terrifying. Like, yeah. That's why I actually really like the moment where it's, like, the... I didn't... I would have been fine if it wasn't there, but if it had to be there, the moment with the new girl coming in and him being like, I'm not a monster. I'm not just some pervert. Right. Like, I do these things with a purpose. Like, the fact that he believes his own bullshit like, made him such a good villain. Like, just in the sense of I was like, ooh. Stephen Weber was really good He was super solid. And like, 100% like, that was like, 
when we get, like, because this is broken up into parts. Like, we have, like, part one, part two, part, and, like, part four duet. And, like, I definitely wrote about, oh, this is going to be good. We're getting a rape-revenge movie without any actual scenes of sexual violence, yeah. just talking about it. I'm, I'm here for this now. And they, they delivered on that. Like, yeah. I did both, like, the, my, like, because I thought, I was disappointed because I thought it was going to be all restraint through the fight. Because mm-hmm. they get, we get one of those weird, like, fish eye cam things where it's like you're wearing a camera so it moves with you with a close-up on your face for Charlotte when she's fighting Aton, or Anton. Yeah. And I thought that was going to be the whole thing. Yeah. Was we were just going to hear him screaming and see blood splatter onto her, but we were never actually going to get Yeah, I was wondering the where they were going with it, too. Yeah. So when it, like, snapped out of that when she gets hit and knocked down and, like, there clearly had been a lot of fight, but then we get... Aton stabbing through her arm and like dragging down like the oh. bone, which was like so. See, that was a, the a, sh- a shot that I thought was CGI that looked really good. Yeah, see, and I think that was like half practical, half CGI. Yeah, I'd be wondering about. That I mean, CGI. it could have just been better CGI. I it don't looked know, but good though. It looked good, and it looked, and it was also quick. Yeah, and it, there was no close. It was like a very like stab drag type right. of thing, and like so. Then at that point, it's like. Definitely, I'm like, oh, okay, well, she... I guess now neither of them can play, so they're they're setting that up as, like, dualisms here. Right. Which, of course, then they pay off with, like, Aton... You know, Anton begs for his life after they get away, and she... Uh, Lizzie hacks him in the neck with a cleaver, you know, kind of just like she hacked her own arm off, and then, like, that's when we get the scene where she's standing above her with, a, like, you know, a fire poker, and it looks right. like she might hit Charlotte, but instead just, like, beats... You know, Aton or Anton. I keep calling him Aton for some reason. Beats Anton to death with the thing, or so we think. Right. And then we get the last shot, which is literally both of them missing arms, sitting together, like next to each other. One person bowing the cello, and the other person doing the fingering because yeah. they've lost the opposite hands. While we go to Aton with no arms and legs held up to like a machine more or less keeping him alive. Yeah, with his eyes and mouth sewn shut yes. and like missing all of his limbs. And we don't hear the music, but I distinctly got the impression that they weren't playing perfectly. Yeah, I think that's probably I think that's probably a good a good uh, assumption to draw out. Yeah, so like in my head, that's like that was the true punishment for him was not just torturing him, but literally torturing him by forcing him to listen to imperfection for as long as they deemed it worthy to keep him alive. And it's also very worth noting uh, that there's, like, really interesting use of hip-hop in this film on a couple of different scenes, including yes. when they are when they are uh, in the process of, of taking off his limbs and stuff like that. They're doing it to a hip-hop soundtrack, over where, whereas he has put on a classical uh, piece of vinyl right before that. And yeah. I definitely feel like, especially as you were saying that there is some stuff about gatekeeping in this film, that that is yeah. very much so, like, who gets to decide what is beautiful? A hundred percent. Right. And are, is it, is, if, it's a, if vicious monsters are the ones who are deeming something and judging something as beautiful, then, then you know... Yeah, you have to question those things and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I the thought only, that was, yeah. The only selfish for me better choice for a musical thing there was if they played, like, New Noise by Refuse. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like, but, like, 100%. And yeah. earlier in the film, you see that Charlotte listens to hip-hop yeah. now in her private time, and, like, it's, it's 
kind of implying that she's opted out of the, the classical world as well. Yeah. Although I do like that it turns into a blend. Yeah, like, me too. Like, there is, no, me like, too, you're right. Hip-hop yeah. comes in, yes. but there's classical elements within yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, something of, like, these worlds coming together right. and, like, creating something new that doesn't necessarily... Which I think, you know, is obviously the message of, like, yeah, probably beautiful things have come out of horrible situations. Like, you know, I mean, like, if you look at any, like, you know, any piece of, you know, look at the fucking pyramids and, like, you know, was it, was what people endured to make them worth it? No. Was it, like, are they amazing pieces of architecture? Yes. And so, like, saying, like, I think there is a message there of saying, like, we don't necessarily inherently have to reject everything that came out of a system that was fucked up. Because sometimes the people that created it were victims and they their you know their contribution still has meaning and value however the structure itself needs to be torn down and injected with something new and with new ethics and new ideals and like things like that in order for anything that came out of that to be made actually beautiful i think the other thing that could have made this film a lot stronger thematically um and that is also probably kind of problematic about it is I really wish that they had had the actresses swap roles. I think yeah. there is definitely something insidious about the white woman showing the black woman the truth violently. Yes. And I really, it, you know, I don't think it was intentional. I don't um, either. But it's certainly, if you're paying attention to, and like you're, you're, you know, you're paying attention to what intersectional feminism is and things like that like it does feel like it's like oh why couldn't they like they all they had to do was just swap the roles that's it that's all they had to do yeah and it would have been like uh, so much better and then I, I guess as far as like uh fantasy booking the end of the movie you also instead of it being um uh anton that cut into her arm and uh, uh caused her to lose it you could have had her like giving her the other woman the arm like cutting it off herself or allowing her to cut it off and like saying like I I shouldn't have done that to you here's here's my yeah some some sort of actual sacrifice as opposed to a accidental sacrifice yeah but yeah and and I agree and like there are places where it's hard because like they both were good roles mm-hmm. and like it is one of those things where I'm like I had, you know, I had similar kind of white savior feelings at times yeah. in this too, where I was like, eh, that's a little uncomfortable, even though yeah. I don't think it's intended to be like right. that. And Lizzie does have agency throughout the, and like, I think that's yes. the thing is like, what would happen if that roles were switched to me? Would it would feel very much like Lizzie? Cause I think Charlotte had a lot of agency and power in the climax and in the reveal through a lot of it, though, she felt far more timid than Lizzie did. Yes. And so, like, by reversing those roles, it would have been, like, I think you could have had the same thing of, like, oh, okay, so the timid, manipulative, conniving one that is, like, sure. you know, tricking people sure. into, like, and using other people's power to get power herself is the person of color. So, like, it would have been a yeah, difficult right. switch right. either direction. I just, so, I just hate the idea of the the person who shows the truth uh, yes. in that relationship, like specifically that dynamic. Yeah, and and yeah, and I think that they that's probably why, just especially because so often in our society, black women are the arbiters of truth and telling us what is actually happening when we're not paying attention, and a, just like yeah, a hundred percent. Like you're one hundred percent right about that, and I think that's probably why in the story, like they don't 
I think that's probably why she does something so fucked up and doesn't actually convince uh, Lizzie about it. Lizzie comes to the conclusion that that's true. what you were saying is actually true, and I've come to that conclusion. That's true. Although I don't think that discounts what you're saying. Yeah, you know, I you're think right. It you're mitigates right. it a little bit, and yes. I think that that is probably an intentional move on their part of like recognizing like it's a nuanced movie. Yeah, like, yeah, and and it is like 100 percent like we're making woke horror about the Me Too movement that's directed by a dude that, like, you know, I mean... I'd like to know more I'd about like know the people more. who made this film. Yeah. 100%. And, like, you know, especially, I mean, I, I really liked this movie. I don't know anything about, like I said, other than the fact that he does, you know, he did a lot of girls. Right. That HBO show, and it seems like, you know, obviously Lena Dunham has kind of become the poster child for, like, unexamined white feminism in this day and age. Like, you know, so, like, the fact that that's the world he's coming from definitely makes some of those things that I'm like, maybe we're giving, you know, maybe we're genuinely, maybe he's awesome, I don't know. Maybe we're giving too much benefit of the doubt to him. God, it's just dawning on me, and I really hope it's not the case that I know that there was that one person who got called out for sexual assault from girls that was a director, and Lena Dunham backed him as, like, their friend, and said he wouldn't do that. And I... Really hope it wasn't this dude now that we just did this whole movie, but it probably wasn't because I feel like no way people wouldn't have brought that up in the review. I feel so too. So you're right. I'll look. Although, although I'll look it this. up, but yeah. When I was when I was before you got here, I was I was thinking about like how I was going to rate this movie. Really quick, can we yes. pause it just so I can look that up and make sure that that is yeah. not this dude? Cool. Sure. We'll be right back. This is a, a rare moment where I feel the need to know this information right fucking now. <laughs> <laughs> And we can confirm that this dude didn't do anything bad, at least that we know that have, Yeah, that had yeah, been it was, written about. Murray Miller was the writer and producer from Girls who was accused of sexual violence uh, by people who then Lena Dunham came out and said, basically, like, said, oh, no, Not I know possible. he didn't do that. It wasn't possible. He was me. And then later came out and said, actually, I lied about all of that. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah, which, you know, impressive moves all around on that one, but... But yeah, so. What I was gonna say though, and I. <laughs> really fast before Yeah, please. Could you imagine if we discovered that right now? How different. I would need to rewatch. Either never watch this movie again or rewatch it entirely to redo this whole podcast. Well, that's. But that, that is exactly what I'm about to say and what I'm about to get into is that, like, when I was thinking about what I was gonna rate this film, I came down with a certain thing, but I was also. I was also thinking, like, this is going to be the rare time where I would where I would put as a qualifier like I reserve the right to remove or add uh, cats to this uh, rating uh, once I like think about and read and like learn more about the making of it and who made it and things like that. Yeah. Um, because it it does feel like a time where it was like particularly important, especially if you're going to make a film that's about the right people being allowed to make art in the right ways, you have to fucking just cross your fucking fingers that it was actually done in this case. And, like, so, yeah, that's where I was just, like, I would really, like, I have have my rating, but, like, you know, I I would be scared to say it in a lot of ways because of what I could possibly think this film could have been if made by the wrong people. Yeah. No, 100%. Like, and now I'm, yeah, really, like, because I, literally, we decided to watch this 
pretty much like this morning. Yeah, and then we recorded, so I haven't done any research on it. So I think like, it's the least. Uh, it's like the least amount of time from decision to recording we've ever had in 100%. the history of doing this together. Yeah, because yeah, I'm going back to New York tomorrow, and this is the time. So, right. But um, but yeah, so I I I share your sentiments on that. Of like, I don't know who wrote this. I don't know how it was produced. I don't know how it came about, yeah. who, who was in charge, you know, so, like, if it ends up being that this is a story as good as it was told that was all, like, straight white dudes, that would be, that would be weird. And at least one of the writers, it was written by two men and a woman, so that part of it was interesting, but then again, when you get into, like, especially, especially with writing credits, uh, and especially the, how the process of arbitration in Hollywood works, like, you know, there's gonna be a situation, like, on Toy Story 4, where Rashida Jones and John Lasseter are going to have writing credits on that fucking movie, despite the fact that she fucking walked away from that movie because John Lasseter was still at Pixar. So just because you see in film credits two men and a a woman on a writing credit does not fucking mean that that woman had equal amount of power or control or say in this fucking story. Or that she even wants her name on the fucking movie. Exactly. And I think in this case, probably... I think you can sort of... Uh, you're, you're, I, I certainly lean towards uh, giving this movie the benefit of the doubt. I do as well, especially just based on the fact that this is, like, a pretty small film. Like, it doesn't have, like, yeah. a ton of money behind it. doesn't have a it Hollywood machine cheap, behind it. doesn't No, it looks great, but, like, it's a festival movie. Yes. Like, yeah. it's not, like, yeah. you know, it's... And, I mean, it was put out by... Budget's, like, gotta be under $20 million, for sure. Oh, like easy. Uh, yeah. uh, but I would say definitely... In the millions with a with an S, but probably like I, I actually wouldn't be surprised if this movie cost more than Get Out, but I, I could be wrong about that. It's possible, but I mean it's definitely adhering to that Blumhouse style of like yes. low budget, good story, shot we'll get well. you shot well, we'll get you yeah. far. Yeah. And like but yeah, I can't imagine that this was, you know, even in double digits of millions. Right. No, so, no, no, yeah. no, 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 yeah. So yeah. like, you know, which still is obscene. <laughs> like, that's what it's like. You're like, oh, they barely spent any. They spent, like, $5 million on this. They didn't spend a dime. Like, More money than we'll see in our lifetime. <laughs> absolutely. But, but yeah, so I'm curious now what you're fully able to revoke or increase rating right. is. Uh, so for me, when I, when I was thinking about it, for, I, I think uh, because visual elements are still such an important thing for me as a fan of films... Uh, I thought this movie looked good enough, uh, and with the other things that I liked about it, to, to, to land right on that four-cat spot for me. So I, I am giving it four cats. I did think this movie was like, uh, I had very little expectations going into it, and that also sometimes makes ratings a little bit uh, skewed in a benefit-of-the-doubt kind of direction where I go went in, especially with that Netflix tag on it, you just never know what you're getting. It's either going to be great, it's either going to be Hush, or it's going to be some other piece of shit that you've seen on Netflix a million times. Uh, And so for me, it did land right squarely on that four cat uh, spot for me. Yeah, I agree. I agree entirely. Like, I think that while I did have, obviously, some critiques of this in some ways that I could see it becoming a five cat movie, that it didn't do that for me. And I've seen some people say, like, this is a masterpiece and a perfect film, and I don't agree with that. I've also seen some really bad reviews of it that I'm Mm. like, that makes me feel weird that you didn't like that movie at all. Fair enough. I I guess I've only seen the positive, but... 
because I've actively avoided reviews for right. this movie for the reason of the main review I saw was like going blind. And yeah. Like, okay. Actually, it was actually just like right before, right before we started, I was just like scrolling through the Metacritic scores just to see like what the range of reviews yeah. on this was, and it really it runs the gamut, sort of. Yeah. But yeah, no, but I agree. Like, I think that it felt special. It felt interesting. Like, there were parts that, like, one small change could have pushed this to a five-cap movie. One small change could have pushed this to, like, a two-cap fucking yeah. movie for yep. me. But, like, they they made the right choices yeah. for the movie they were trying to make for me, and it ended up working. So, yeah, I would say it's also a four-cap film. Totally agreed. Yeah. Awesome. Well good times till next time till next time whenever that is uh, I'm Jay Johnson and I'm Pierce McLean thanks for listening